You're listening to Season 4 of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. We are a part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer podcasts, writing, and any other content, visit BGN.FM. Let's get right to it. Do we want to be a good team, or do we want to be f***ing great? Hi, welcome to Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about your second place uh mls team philadelphia Union. um i i everyone we all know what happened anyway uh gangs all here i think actively opening their their alcohol of choice or uh, uh drinking out of a hydro flask which we will never know what the contents are inside i'm sure it's just water um it's First, uh, in a weird angle, and joining from a weird uh, area in uh, Philadelphia, it's Paul Trainer Jr. Oh my God! I yeah, I didn't know who you were introducing on that one. That could have really been anyone. Uh, my drink has been open for the Um, he said Philadelphia. It's true. He did say Philadelphia. I did. I set you up. Sad place. Hey. Um. Speaking of being in a sad place, Chuck's life is only going to get busier because now there's like five Champions Leagues that are about to start happening. It's Chuck Booth. Well, actually appropriate for my whiskey glass. Um, okay, yep, I can read half of that. Audio, visual and audio for sure. And yeah, don't so even ask. basically, good day, good bad day. day, don't even ask levels. Yeah. Um, re- recording this while... It's a good day talking to everyone here. It's a bad day about what we're talking about. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, his other favorite soccer team could not give him any uh, joy in his life. So Justin has been disappointed by two different Pennsylvania-based soccer teams this season. It's Justin Ashcraft. Yeah, thanks for rubbing that in. That was yep. great. No problem, brother. Great. Anytime. Anytime. Evans, that I mean, for what it's worth, I think that collectively our favorite USL team also lost. So, yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. So we're all we're all over two, except for you. You're now over three, I guess. I don't know. Well, well I don't know. Oh, did any of you see the? Did any of you see the uh, switchbacks post on? Uh, I sure did on Twitter and calling out the pro referees. I need Jim Curtin to get access to the Twitter social account or to the union social account for like five minutes and just be like, I don't care, post it because that's totally what happened. Uh, hilarious. A masterstroke by Brendan Burke, let me tell you. Um, anyway, can you tell we're putting off the inevitable? Uh, the Philadelphia Union lose what is probably the best MLS Cup final I think that's ever been played. So there's that. But uh, in in terribly heartbreaking fashion on penalties, on terrible penalties, to uh, Gareth Bale. Yep. (laughs) His team. Which we are not mad about still. Of of course, like, Gareth Bale goes from, like, not contributing really at all to... LAFC to uh, score in the equalizer. Just uh, who had Jack Elliott brace, but still losing the game on their bingo cards? Oh, I definitely did. Definitely called that. Yeah. Oh, you wizard. 
Yeah, I don't have much to say about this game other than, I mean, like you said, Evan, it was one of the best MLS Cup finals uh, in recent or ever history. Probably ever. Um, and I think, like, uh, I mean, the rea- the reality of it, the reality of it is it's it, it was the two best teams in MLS by far this year mm-hmm. playing against each other. They both played a great game, and it came down to penalties, which uh, when Gazdog missed, I knew it was going in a bad place. Uh, oh, as soon as they went up 11 on 10, I knew they were done. Because for whatever it's worth, my longest standing theory of the Philadelphia Union can't do a goddamn thing when they're up a man is still correct. Yep. And, we, and we, foolish me to let myself believe, oh, this time it'll be different. No. We talked about that a couple of, a couple of podcasts ago. And of course, um, the union really never let us down. No. Um, I'm well, like, well, I'm definitely happy for John McCarthy and yeah. no one else on that team. And that includes <laughs> Gareth Bale. Um, I, and sad that one penalties just went so badly after the union had given a very good showing of themselves um, on the biggest stage that they could. And realistically, this hasn't been a team that's had penalty taking issues during the season, but obviously when most of these players have never been in a final of this magnitude versus LAFC, even with um, not having been to MLS Cup before having players that have at least won championships and come to the team there still makes a difference in these scenarios. Um, But I'm mad at how penalties went, and I'm Mm -hmm. mad that one of the narratives coming from this game has been Jack Elliott getting dunked on when he's been consistently one of the best defenders in MLS this season and as we have all discussed had a better claim to being in best 11 than Walker Zimmerman uh, Um, and he scored a brace in the game already. He was about to get his flowers like twice over and then one mistake and I mean you know I'll I'll steal Kevin Kincaid's line because I think it's right but it's both teams made pretty bad mistakes that led to goals. It was just that the union made one more and and that's all it takes. I mean, that's, that's soccer in general, but I think especially on that stage, you get lucky a little bit or, or you, you play your way back into it and you force, you know, extra time. Then you get your goal late in extra time and then yeah, get a little bit of a gift from <laughs> Max Crapo, go Ottawa Fury. Um, and then, uh, you, you kind of bottle it. So it, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It's tough. It's difficult because I think the union are proving every year that the, and I guess this is sort of the start of my postmortem, like no other club in MLS can do this brand of money ball. Although it looks like. St. Louis is about to try, and there's a, a couple other teams since he is trying to do it in some capacity. Um, but this amount of success, getting these guys the way they've got them, 
it's it's it hasn't been repeated, and I don't I don't think it will be for for at least a while. I think it'll be repeated. I I don't think I think the model took so much time to implement, and I think that the turnaround with MLS ownership is like you better be in a final in five years, and like that was kind of never the going to be the case of Philadelphia. It took it, it took what. 13, like 12, 12, 13, 12 to really start seeing the turnaround and the consistency and just win percentage and everything. And now, and now it's astronomically higher than you could have possibly imagined going through those rough years. But I certainly wouldn't hate if other teams tried it because it's a pretty smart way to do your club. Um, but uh, I mean, the optimist in me is now they have this experience. They have this chip. Uh, Daniel Gazdag is not leaving MLS on that note. Uh, <laughs> that dude's going to be back for blood, which good. We already know he's not leaving because his competition's leaving instead, but we can <laughs> wait a little bit to get into that because, um, I mean, realistically, other teams will and should try what the union are doing but also like good luck because it's not just the shrewd buying of eastern european soccer players that no one's ever heard of Mm -hmm. it's the investment in ysc academy and what the union overall are doing with scooping up the best talent across the country and the fact that, I mean, the fact that they had to change the homegrown ru- rules to almost deter what the union are doing should say enough about how good the union have been at scooping up talent with um, having your basically protected list of players in your area that another team can't come in for. Um, I also... Th- I also think it's the diligence too. when you have your uh, departures like Brendan Aronson, like when you get that finally that really big transfer that you always wanted, that that reallocation goes into the foundation that brought you there. And you don't just go out and sign some five million dollar guy. You wait for Miami to do it and then you buy him for five hundred thousand. Like that's that's the beauty of this. Is that you? Ha- is it's persistent, it's frugal, but like it's catered to be that way to make sure that you're strong in pretty much every department. And you know, being being that close, you know, that was that was elation, and I can't wait to see you all there again because it's going to happen again. <laughs> like it, it, it genuinely is. This team's not going to slow down. Um, will it be at historic numbers like this past year? I don't know. Probably not. But like <laughs> there, there is certainly an optimistic trail to, uh, to the detour that is having to recollect this game as a whole, because of course the end sucked, but man, <laughs> those minutes where I thought we had it, that was great. I saw the best in Philadelphia out on that field in Subaru Park. I saw I saw everyone just in a state of genuine, like, lordy, lordy, we've been waiting for this. Guess what? That's still a good feeling you had. Don't ever let go of that one. 
and can't wait to do it again next year because it's probably going to happen again next year. Yeah, I think the cool thing about this union team is like they've grown up together, right? And so like you think about Brendan, you think about Jack, you think about Dre and like and then you think about Jim and like they've all been around for a long time. Like they've all been around here for a long time. And I think the reality is like it's a team that's grown up together. It's a team that's fought side by side for a long time. Yes, there have been pieces that have come in and out. But by and large, you have players who have been around for two or three years. And I think that that says something about the culture around the team. That says something about the quality around the team. That says something about just who who Jim is as a coach. Um, and then and then you look at guys like uh, Bedoya and, and other guys who have led the team uh, from a leadership perspective. And that says something about them, too. And so I think it it um it makes me excited for the future because I do think that this isn't this isn't the end. This wasn't a magical yes, it was a magical run. This wasn't a magical run by a team who shouldn't have been there. This was a this was a a, a run by a team who deserved every single ounce of plaudit and credit they got this year um from Curtin to Glesnes to Bedoya like this is the team that they deserved it all. And so it's not, yeah, this isn't like, Oh man, we're going to be terrible next year. Now. Um, could there be a little bit of hangover? Sure. Um, I think we got the benefit of not being at CCL this year, uh, in ways, um, that we don't have next year. Um, but I think it's, it's definitely repeatable. And I think to your point, Evan, like it's not repeatable in the sense that, everybody can just go and do it because I think Philly had a lot of things go right over the last six years or so that led them to this point. But I do think three or four years ago, Dallas would have been sitting there and saying, Hey, mm-hmm. this isn't repeatable. New York would have been sitting there saying mm-hmm. this isn't repeatable. And guess the what? The union just did it better than both of them. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, we'll move on. I think this, we'll just knock this one out right quick. Um, <clears throat> The expansion draft is on Friday. Um, I think by doing a little bit of, of uh, detective work, the only players that would be left unprotected would be... Um, oh, I suppose there's an outside chance, Jeremy Raffanello. Because um, I don't... I, he's not one of our homegrowns, right? So that screws that up. But uh, yeah, big big move there for Jeremy Raffanello for St. Louis or Richard Odata or um, <laughs> like it's like four people Abasa uh, Armeo or um, I, I think Joe Bendick also gets left out. But other than that, it's that's about it. So um, I don't think anyone of those four or five gentlemen uh, leave. Uh, if they do, I don't think it's a huge loss but that's that's that yeah, go I think Lewis needs to get some American talent in there too cautiously approaching their limit of international players that they're gonna have so it's true so welcome to St. Louis Joe Bendick I mean Joe Bendick would yeah, be a good backup to Roman Berkey so it's true 
Yeah, I didn't All realize right. there were only like even for what what is it, fourteen people who were even eligible for selection on the roster? I mean, kind of. So, like, all the homegrowns are off the table. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Then, There's only about 14, and then they can protect 12 of them. So, Yeah, and then you get to protect 12, so you're left with, like, two. Um, But, so, that designate, I thought... Or Are designated you, players uh, allowed to be selected? That's always one of the yes. things. Designated that players and other discretionary players are not automatically protected. Okay, so... But for us, I feel like those are guys that would have been protected all the time anyway. anyway. <laughs> and you would also have to be prepared to take on their salary. So if you wanted to take from a bigger club... Uh, that really uh, stretch out their payroll. They uh, that might not be doable. Um. Yeah. I mean, it looks like I can't really count properly because just scrolling through rosters sucks. But it's like either fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. Um. And I would. I mean, I would assume. That like Bueno is left unprotected because we barely even know he exists. So odds are that St. Louis also doesn't know he exists. And if they do take him, I mean, said, wouldn't that wouldn't that be poetic if uh, Jesus Bueno never plays a minute for the Union, but then gets selected? Fun. They are maxed out on international slots. Nice. Nice. Well, we can talk about someone who presumably is leaving. Paxton Aronson going to Germany for like $4 million. Someone else who we sort of knew, but hardly knew. Uh, Hold on. I looked because I was curious earlier. He has... Oh, no. Just kidding. All right. He had 23 appearances this year for the first team. For what, like 500 minutes? Uh, 416. So, yeah. Yeah, no, um, Jim Curtin loved those seven-minute subs. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. No, I mean, th- this, is, this is just like, when you have an academy like the unions, this is one of the things that you have to just kind of be okay with happening. Um because, like, would we all have loved for Paxton Aronson? I mean, he's not officially gone yet. Things still need to be finalized. But generally, when Tom Bogart stakes his <laughs> yeah, everything on... Yeah, people that said that yeah, it was happening like, say it's happening, it's happening. Yeah, I mean, it seems pretty close to being a done deal. And definitely for a player that has 1,000 total minutes for the Philadelphia Union... Um, getting four million and a sell-on and performance clauses is a job well done. Um, but this is one of those things that you kind of have to be okay with when you do what the union do. I mean, similarly to Jack DeVries leaving, where it's like, yeah, they didn't really ever break into the first team, 
but like some of these guys are just gonna be sold for profit and you're like well happy we got to develop them and wish them the best of luck in their next step in europe i want to know if it was part of paxton's deal that he wasn't allowed to take one of those pks in the final because i bet it, so i bet if he missed they'd be like maybe we don't want this guy I was thinking that, that, you know, I I was thinking that in that moment when uh, Martinez, I said, really, there's not a single other guy you can think of that could maybe take this a little bit better. I would get, I would trust Paxton in that moment. Listen, I'm not upset about any of the penalties except for God's dogs, but he slipped. It's not really his fault. He slipped, Mm -hmm. but I, I think, um, I think, like, yeah, the other two were hit pretty hard. They just weren't far enough to the post, and McCarthy read both of them, so it is what it is. I don't think Jose's that guy. That run-up, he's not that guy. It was, he, it was telegraphed not. from... Yeah, like, he didn't do anything to try to telegra- uh, um, throw off his attempt. McCarthy is also just historically a good keeper at mm. saving penalties, yeah. period. Like, everywhere he's been. Yeah, this is, this upset. isn't the real okay. Jose Martinez show. It's the maybe Paxton Aronson would have looked nice there, but I bet something in his deal was probably like, "No, we've seen enough. We don't want to see any more. We're good. Thank you." We only would have we only would have known that if it got to eleven and Andre Blake took the tenth one. That would have been amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> Can you imagine if we got to 10 hey, and Andre you know, Blake steps up for the 10th one with Paxton Aronson still standing there? <laughs> the scenes. Okay. They, they, they make a... It's a, it's a mid-penalty shootout sub. They take off Paxton Aronson. Yeah, Jim right. takes the 11th. Puts himself in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and, him and uh, 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 Steve Trundolo make like a gentleman's agreement that they both take the 11th penalty, so it's fine. <laughs> That and it's, then it's objectively great. the greatest game of all time. Nothing to do. Oh, yeah. yeah. No long-winded statements on Twitter after that about how bad the officiating is at the league that you play on or whatever. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of bad things happening, um, I, maybe. Uh, the Champions League draw was today. Last night, sorry. By the time you're hearing this, two days ago, so you didn't. Who cares? Uh, Chuck, do we know anything about uh, what is it, Alianza in um, El Salvador? They play in El Salvador. Word. They All right, cool. Lost. Well, they haven't won four of their last five games, but I did learn today that um, El Salvador's um, top flight is split, kind of like. Mexico's into an Apertura and a Clausura. Mm-hmm. Um and they did finish I think maybe I, I I don't know how many games are in each but they may have finished top of or at least currently are top of the table in the first half of the season of their group. Yeah. But they don't seem great like I mean they're fine our soccer team, but this isn't anyone that the union should be like extremely wary of playing as long as they treat them with proper respect. 
I don't think they're going to have any issues with that next season. Not a single one. The trouble's going to come mid-July when you hit. You're still playing in CCL. You've got U.S. Open Cup games. you got the... Jim's just... I think think the nice thing that Jim had this... (laughs) But oh, I was just gonna say we already know what's gonna happen at that time is that one of these a lineup that people aren't gonna like is gonna be played in, and then <laughs> when a loss comes, likely an open cup, why aren't you taking the tournament that you can win a trophy in seriously because sure, you're sure. in three other t- tournaments where you can win a trophy, and also um well, I mean also there's like just with leagues cup and the everything else like it's still even more important to finish top of the table in mls next season mm-hmm. yes i mean i just think i jim's gonna have to figure that out next year because the nice thing is we got you know booted from open cup early which sucked but also like we didn't have ccl play Right. And like some of these oh. other tournaments hadn't started yet. So like Jim didn't have to do a whole lot of rotation with his lineup really ever. Um and like, you know, we sort of criticized that all throughout the season. But I think next year he's gonna have to figure that out. You know, well, and we're the gonna good have thing to do a is, rotation. It looks like looking at the actual date that like until like you don't really have to worry about rotation much until the final. Um because the first two legs in the round of 16 are in March. Um, then the quarterfinals, in which if the Union win, they would play um, Atlas or Olympia, which that's when things get a little tougher. Because, like, I mean, Atlas is okay, but Olympia is actually a pretty solid team. Um, that's in, in April. But then... What gets real interesting is the semis, because if all goes according to plan, the Union and LAFC will have another two-legged meeting that's a trip to the CONCACAF Champions League final. Turning out to be a nice little rivalry they've got going on. Must watch TV in LA. Two two quick things, just because I don't know them all. Well, one thing I don't know, other thing I do know. Do they redraw every round of the of the Champions League, or is the bracket I'm looking no, at straight, what ends up happening? Um, the, okay. Yeah, the bracket you're looking at is the bracket. Um, MLS does, and I guess well, I guess Concacaf as a whole does not like reseeding. Fair. So, like, that's not the worst path in in the world, I guess. I mean, I miss I miss Concacaf Champions League having a group stage because, mm. like, there should be a way to get an easier path through than like this. Like, Luck the, the LAF shouldn't have to face each other if they win two matches. Like, that just shouldn't 
right. be the case for the two best teams in MLS. Like, well, if they win four at that point, like the, well, yeah, I or three or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other one, I think Open Cup is going to take a back burner if the team, which is funny for me to say after making three consecutive finals in that tournament and not winning any of them and that always kind of feeling like it'd be the easiest way for us to get silver. Um, the open cup will take a back burner. I just think that the more like the only way I'd understand a little bit of restlessness in the fan base about sort of like not going all out for open cup is if you lose to a not MLS team. Cause like, yeah, that I guess sucks. It's a bit- I guess it depends where you are in the competitions, the other competitions when you get there, right? If we're, like, yeah. on the playoff line in the East, which I don't see happening, but if we're, like, on the playoff line in the East and we bow out early uh, in Open Cup, even if it is to an MLS team, but, I mean, we are coming in the last possible round for yeah. teams to enter the Open Cup. Like, we don't even come in. it. Like, Open Cup for us doesn't even start till May. Uh, and then we have two games in May, and then a game in, like, if we win both of those games, game in June, game in August, game in September. So, like, it's only five, a possibility of five games. And so, the reality is there's probably not going to be, I mean, the reality is there's a pretty good chance we're going to be playing an MLS team when we enter yeah. the tournament. Um, could it be a USL team? Yes. Could it be a team that... Uh, one of these amateur teams that decides to do something crazy. Sure. Uh, but for most point, for the m- most part, it's going to be an MLS team. So I don't know. It kind of depends it's how you're doing in the other competitions, I think, but if yeah, we're... it's just tough when like, no, I mean, no season is shown like this one, how much that point means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And I think that that's, I mean, I think that that's the reality that the union have to take seriously next year. Um, but also, like, you're going to be in a bunch of separate competitions. So, yeah. So, I think the expectation I would hold is to make two finals. You have three, oh. you have three chances to make a final, two of them. I don't think it. I don't think it really matters, because uh, my sense is this: like, what primarily everyone's going to base their opinions on the union of, because we're special. We actually follow soccer. We actually like listen to all the stuff. We actually watch all yeah. the games. We've been around kind of the stuff. block. Yeah. The casual soccer fan, the casual union fan, could care less about where we finish in Concacaf Champions League. I really think there's going to be an expectation of we've got to make the final again next year in MLS Cup and potentially win it. And I think like that's going to feel disappointing if we don't do that, no matter what we do. We could win Champions League, you know, become the second MLS team to win Champions League. We could win Open Cup. And like, I think people would go, okay, cool. But did you win MLS? Yeah. So I mean, literally no one cares about. Open Cup. Um, I will counter with Shiny Thing Feel Good. And so if the Union can win Shiny Thing this year, because like Paul said, because I like that idea, they have three chances to win Shiny Thing. 
technically four. four, but they have three. They have three chances to win shiny thing that's easy to explain to your father <clears throat> from tournament. Who, who, by and- the way, your father is the average Philadelphia sports fan. Um, if they win one of those, that would be really cool. Or if they make another final, that would be really cool. I don't think, yeah, no one cares. Like, well, so uh, we lost in this tournament where if we won four games, we would have won a shiny thing. But our our position, like the the fixture was, they were going to get so congested. Like, no one cares. It's it's too inside Um, baseball for me. But But I think if it's the one shiny thing, great. So I do think the the CONCACAF Champions League win... While it doesn't seem like much up front, um, when you're able to like do not not the trophy, the trophy does not matter. But it's I mean I, it does. Uh, but and you, then know, you have it. But what matters is Philadelphia Union versus Real Madrid. Oh fuck! Yeah, in a comp- in a competitive game, <laughs> play, yeah, not, like, not in a friendly play, where place in. A place well, in the, Justin, the World on, Club on. to win. World Cup. No, but a place in the Club World Cup to win an actual with the MLS World Cup that you can that, <laughs> where you can say that you took out the Champions League winners of other places. Um, is it's, Madrid playing their like U twenty one against their first team? I mean, I'm sure they probably would. No, te- teams in Club World Cup do play their actual lineups. Like it's oh, not we, scrubs. People, no, because if we do, no, if we, mm, mm, but mm. That, there's absolutely no argument for that, Evan. They do, they do, they want that. There's like one that gets to that patch every year. And it's I, not saying that the Union would like win that competition because I mean it's basically. Palmeiras or the um, UEFA Champions League winner who wins that competition, but like the the eyeballs from playing on that stage against those teams, like there there is nothing bigger in the world club soccer competition wise. Yeah, but for yeah, and I would... guys, you got to win MLS. Because that's that's yeah. what, that's what makes people fall in love with yeah. the club. I'm not disputing the MLS Cup win, and like I definitely, if if this team doesn't at least make MLS Cup again next year, no matter like really what they do, the season is going to be viewed as like a disappointment, which is unfortunate because like that's clearly not what they need to do, and it's a very hard thing to do. Um, but they've raised the bar so high for themselves where already, I mean, this season it was like, you got to make like top two in the East and make a deep run in the playoffs. And then it's like, oh, well you made MLS cup. So now you got to go back and do that. And, um, hopefully win another trophy along the way. If you don't win MLS cup, but Julie's got to be there again. I would I would agree with everything that's been said. I I like, I, and I would agree with you too, Evan. Of like, if you win shiny thing, and especially if you win shiny thing in the middle of the summer, and you mm-hmm. can bring shiny thing to a game that's not a playoff game, especially because there's more people there and more people are in the seats. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you can bring shiny thing out and you can say, look what we did. We did this thing and got shiny thing. And then then I think that does help. The way the sports calendar works out is that the union would win a shiny thing before anybody else in the city. And that would be a big deal inherently. Unless the Flyers win the... No, nope. then Cup, it wouldn't matter. Then it wouldn't matter what shiny thing it would be. It's just we want a thing. Well, Go when are the, us. We're in the NBA Finals. I mean, NBA, I about to, is this is this about to be my? Uh, it's about to be my super hot take for the the NBA season. Apparently, <clears throat> the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals are about the same time, like May Juneish. So. I mean, yeah. it's more likely that the Union win a championship than the Flyers or the Sixers. The other, yes. Um, right. Well, I mean, technically, the the first chance at a shiny thing will be the Eagles again, considering they're undefeated. But that's sure. at least a different season, sort of, because yeah. if there's a gap from February to June, July, without another shiny thing, Philly will mostly forget that the shiny thing they just won one yeah i mean there, uh, there does just need to be consistent ones for the yeah. city to actually be happy yeah um anyway does anybody else want to sort of send off the 2022 season before we make our way out of here yes it was a great season it was Union. I'm proud of them. I'm proud to be a Union fan. Said it before the final. I said it after the final. No matter what happened during that game, I'm proud of this team. Anyone who says, "Oh, this is what you get from playing Moneyball and Garrett Bell," you can just walk walk Ooh. in an opposite direction oh. from me uh, for the rest of your life. That would be great. This team's awesome. Uh, they are transcendentally better than you ever probably could have thought they could ever be. So, suck a butt. Um, I, um, I mean, obviously, I'm proud of this team. I think we've been pretty good at echoing just over the course of the season to savor this season because just the highs that this team has hit and like the records that they've broken, we may never see it again. And also just don't be sad if that is the case. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is literally just historic stuff that we just witnessed. Um, I do like, I still have, even though he has a contract for next season, I still have a sinking suspicion that Alejandro Bedoya hangs up his cleats. This off season, oh, oh, stop. I um, and also I didn't read um Tannenwald's article, but it didn't say Kai Wagner is gone. So I, I think they find a way that after another year of will he, won't he, that we're not looking for a left back over the off season. Yeah. Um. It's been really fun, and and I think the four of us um, <clears throat> are in a in a in a different position from most because um, we haven't said that enough tonight. Um, it's been really fun watching about half the team 
go from being literal children that miss games due to prom night to the most prolific defense and the most prolific offense. And then Dre's been around forever. So the most prolific goalie in MLS history. Um, because, yep, the end result, like the icing on top of that wasn't, didn't happen. Wasn't there, right? The, the, the beautiful poetic culmination to um, the Philadelphia Union, the organization getting their just desserts, which is lifting MLS Cup, didn't happen this year. Um, on the flip side of that, the most poetic Philadelphia thing in the world happened. So, cool. Um, but it has been, it's, it's been really, I'm, I'm flattered and, and privileged and definitely the victim of being in the right place at the right time for no apparent reason um, to see the union go from, <laughs> we're bad, but wait for it, to we're here. Um, and I would like to commend everybody in the organization, not that I have to do that. Sure, they've been praised enough, but fuck it, here's another one. Um, for sticking with it. Too, because I'm sure that there was many, many times through many, many years that you would have loved to just go, I'm good, I'll move on. But for the most part, everyone that's been there from when they were bad, from when all four of us kind of started to talk about the team, are here now. And that's incredible. Um, we need off-season topics to talk about. So if anyone has any at the FTV pod, please give it to us. Um, I'm sure we'll come up with weird, dumb stuff ourselves, but there's a little gap here um, where we'll probably end up taking a little bit of a break around the holidays because we're humans and we all have families and all that fun stuff. And there's the whatever that is. Um, The union are going to win. And, um, but yeah, we'll be, we'll be around intermittently to talk about life and soccer and remember some guys for sure. And considering things kick off in March, yeah. there won't be much time between the world cup ending it won't and be us needing to get into MLS off season content. So yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. That'd be FTV Bob. Bye everybody. You have just listened to an episode of Season 4 of Using the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at VFTVPod. Thanks to our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your Uber team at RoughneckScarves.com. We're also sponsored by Robbie over at Icarus FC. Icarus will make the custom kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Get started at IcarusFC.com. Do you enjoy the show and want to support us? There are two ways. You can head to Design Tree at dsgntree.com slash vftb for all of our latest merch. Or you can just buy us a coffee or beer at Ko-Fi, ko-fi.com slash vftbpod. Thanks for listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is also a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network at bgn.fm. Head over there to find all kinds of soccer writing, content, and other podcasts For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off.